tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Thanks, Pat, and uh, welcome back to the final hour of Tip Today. Listener says, Hi, Fran, I had a group of friends that hurt me so much. I'm a grown woman, and for the last seven years, I'm still devastated over the hurt they caused me, and I suffer badly with depression from it. Uh, could this uh, woman help me? Well, I'm sure she'd be uh, anxious to talk to you anyway, and uh, you never know, and I, I'm sorry for your trouble. That must be a, a dreadful situation uh, to be in, and you must have been hurt very deeply indeed. Um, another listener says, good morning, Fran. I think people should have some choice in the vaccines that they're being offered. Some people, including myself, will be hesitant to take the AstraZeneca, uh, but will be willing to take any other vaccine. What happens if you refuse the AstraZeneca? Are you offered another? Ireland are disclosing little as to how many have had clots following vaccine or any deaths from AstraZeneca. Well, we're told by, I mean, Pat Harold is always at pains to say on on this programme that, you know, we should take whatever vaccine is offered to us. And as far as he's concerned, um, you know, it's safe to do so. And uh, that's the general thinking that's out there anyway. 1800-938-007. Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors joins me now. Good morning to you, John. Morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you today. You're going to speak to us about surrogacy today, and particularly, I suppose, John, surrogacy where Ireland is uh, concerned. Would you just would you just explain it to us first of all? Uh, what is surrogacy? Well, I suppose it's it's modern medicine um, and how people can now you know have children without um, you know in this particular case you're talking about where you've got a surrogate there. There are kind of two main players in it. There's the surrogate mother who carries the child and then there's the commissioning parent or commissioning person or commissioning couple. So you have a kind of a contractual relationship whereby somebody will literally carry the child uh, by agreement and then when the child is born then, the child and the commissioning parents, if you like, take over the role of parenting the child from then on. So it's got to do with modern medicine in terms mm. of, you know, And the surrogate is, is artificially inseminated, isn't that the way it works? Well, well, it can be, it can be one of, you know, can be IVF or artificially inseminated, or in fact it can be done the old-fashioned way, if you know what I mean, in the sense that it's literally just the carrying of the child mm. by somebody else you know mm. there was actually it featured there recently where i think i remember reading an article where this lady in the uk i think had carried four or five children and was you know really very happy to do it mm-hmm. and had started it on the basis of one of her sisters i think and then you know proceeded from there so that's that's it's literally modern medicine and the ability to do it Right, but legal legal status, I suppose, is the yeah. big the big conversation, John. Well, exactly, yeah. And I mean, the funny when you when you when you say conversation about it, I mean, like everything else in in our the area of law and the area of new laws. I mean, it was the subject matter of surprisingly enough a commission report 
in 2005, as far back as 2005, where the government commissioned a report on assisted human reproduction, is what the report was called, and a report was produced and they put a form of legislation into place because the legal position as it stands and continues to be the position in Ireland is that there is no legislation on this. So you're you're in a lacuna type legal situation. So what they were doing and the the bill then came out, 2005 was the report Mm -hmm. and then a bill was done in 2017 and of course the bill hasn't gone anywhere as of yet. But the bill was trying to deal with the thorny issues of, you know, how do you do consent? How do you regulate it? How do you make sure that the, you know, who's presumed to be the mother, father, parent of the of the child? And where does that presumption lie? And things like that. Because, I mean, there was a, there was a case which I have to admit I wasn't familiar with until I... I mean, the reason that this... The reason I'm talking about this is that, yeah, like so many things in the last year, we've had a number of website queries, and this is one of the questions that we've been asked, either by somebody in the UK, uh, in the case I'm thinking about, it was a query from the UK, and there's another query then from the States, from somebody asking... Was the, what was the law in Ireland? In mm. other words, on what basis could they do it if they were doing it in Ireland? And on another case was, if we do it, how do we deal with it in the context of Ireland? So in other words, if you're going to do it an international surrogacy, how does that impact? So that's what kind of started our looking at this whole area. So, I mean, it starts with the with the fact, i.e., that there is no legislation on it. Mm. So therefore, what does that mean? Does that mean that there's no law on this at all? And the answer to that, of course, is that, you know, that doesn't, that isn't necessarily the case in Ireland insofar as you do have legislation to deal with guardianship and you do have legislation to deal with the, you know, rights and responsibilities around children. And therefore, under, under that law, if you like, a child born in a surrogacy situation would come within that uh, particular legislation framework or legislative framework. So their starting point then, when you look at that, is that the child is, in fact, the parent of the child at law in Ireland will be the surrogate mother. So there, there, there's an absolute, there's a starting point of saying that the surrogate mother is, is the mother of the child at law. You might ask, well, you know, what significance does that have? Well, it has huge significance around passports, social mm. welfare... Birth certs, know, all of the sort of stuff, yeah. certs, all of that kind of thing. So so your starting point is, what's the story in Ireland? And that's the very first question that somebody's going to either ask you because they're coming back to Ireland or they're in Ireland going abroad and mm. uh, looking to put this in place. So the starting position in, in Ireland is that there is no legislation. So the effect of that is that the surrogate mother is the mother of the child at law. So the next point about that, of course, is that there is a provision within Irish legislation for the father to apply for guardianship of the child. So that would be a kind of an automatic thing that you would do, a procedure that you would go through uh, if you're in this situation that you would apply for that. Right. And the interesting thing, the interesting thing about it, of course, is you know the partner of the father then would mm. have to apply under our legislation two years later. 
not immediately as you might as you might expect. They have to wait to prove under Irish legislation that they have a relationship with the child. And if there's a proper when I say proper, if there's a legal contract drawn up with the surrogate mother, does that not have any standing, John? That's a very good question because that that's exactly the question that somebody asked. Because if you're, you see, if you look at countries, if you look at the country, um, well, first of all, in Ireland, there is no law on surrogacy. So the whole issue of enforcement of contracts comes into question. The whole issue of consent comes into question. Mm. So the, the, the issue of and you know surrogacy in Ireland versus international. What a lot. What a, what a number. Of the, I say a lot because there is a lot. But what a number of the queries that that we were kind of asked about was what's the status if because one of the you know your first step obviously if you're dealing with surrogacy from a practical point of view is to see where you're going to do it and if you are where you are going to do it you look to the law in that particular jurisdiction. And then the next question, of course, is the very question that you ask, how enforceable is it? And, I mean, the whole thing started uh, internationally um, with uh, a case that involved twins in Thailand. I don't know if you remember it, but it was called the GAMI case, G-A-M-M-Y. And in that case, an, an Australian couple came to Thailand, uh, you know, sourced a surrogate uh, mother, Mm-hmm. Um, child was born. Uh, child, there were there were twins born. Uh, one of the children, unfortunately, had Down syndrome and a congenital heart disease. The Australian couple took the healthy twin back to Australia, and therefore litigation ensued by the mother in Thailand, looking for the healthy, healthy child back on base that she had formed a bond with the children during the pregnancy, and she issued international proceedings in Australia. In fact, she, I think she may have issued the proceedings in Thailand to get the child back to Thailand. And to Thailand, the Thai court said no, that the child would stay in Australia, that the, one of the, the two children would stay in Australia. That actually led to Thailand passing legislation in Thailand saying that they banned all foreign couples from uh, entering into surrogate arrangements. So that then leads into a question then, you know, what happens in other countries? Mm. So if you look at France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Portugal, uh, they all prohibit all forms of surrogacy. So you can't do surrogacy in those countries legally. If you go to the UK, if you go to Denmark or Belgium, you can do surrogacy is in fact dealt with there and it's legal and it's allowed and permitted as long as it's not what they call a commercial surrogacy and a commercial surrogacy is where you actually pay for the child as opposed to pay for the reasonable expenses of the mother in having the child and you can do commercial surrogacy for example in parts of the US and you can also do it in India and Russia and uh, one of the locations that we found that was very popular with Ukraine. You can actually do it in the Ukraine. And in that in that situation, I mean, I actually Googled, um, and you know the Google, it's so great, giving us answers to everything. I Googled it, and if you Google surrogacy, up will come a site in the US that will tell you that they'll arrange the surrogacy in the US. No, I didn't look any further than that, but they'll arrange it in the US for you a cast of I think 135000 or $150,000, uh-huh. what you're talking about. 
But, um, it's incredible. We, and e- even though our laws aren't in place here, surrogacy isn't illegal, I guess, is Correct. It? Yeah. Correct, correct. Exactly, precisely that. Uh, all it means is it's not illegal like it is in Thailand, for mm. example, yes. or like it is in France, Germany, and Italy. It's not illegal, but uh, it's not regulated. Yes. So if you... if what you have to check, critically check, is the question you asked. Can you? What is the? Can you have a contractual relationship in another, another country? Number one, and number two, what's the law in the other country? So when you're looking at a situation, you know what's the legal status mm. of the child or your relationship with the child in that other country? Because if you look at certain jurisdictions in the Ukraine, the one that I mentioned to you has been a popular location. The reason that that's popular is that the child is considered to be from conception is is considered to be the child of the commissioning parents rather than the mother or ah. the woman who carries the child. So, in that particular situation, then you see the commissioning parents go on to the birth cert, and then you're in a you're in a legal situation there. So that's the reason that that's. Um, like preferred whereas if you look at a country like India or the UK in that case the surrogate mother is recognised as the legal uh, mother of the child so in that situation you have to, and in the UK we've been asked to look by parents going one of the queries that we got was somebody asking us to look at a surrogacy agreement in the UK and of course your starting point there is we're not first of all we're not UK lawyers but your starting point is is it enforceable in the UK in other words your question the fact that you have an agreement does that make it enforceable and when they were when they were drafting the legislation in Ireland they dealt with that whole issue of consent because you see if you're in a situation in Ireland that, you, that you're trying to legalise if you like the relationship with the child you either deal with it through guardianship or or you could deal with it through adoption now, there's no guarantees in adoption you still have to go through the whole process of adoption and there are no guarantees in that so I mean there's a lot of Kind um, of what, situations. what about nationality, John? I mean, if the surrogate mother, for example, is not not a national, what what's the status of the child there in terms of everything from passports to whatever? Citizenship, yeah, exactly. And one of the questions, exactly, if the if the well, what you look, what are the documents that you're looking for to bring the child back to Ireland, for example? I mean, it's it's not too dissimilar. To, if you remember, sometime after the fall of the Ceausescu regime in uh, mm. Romania, that there was a lot of Romanian adoption yes. situations, and that type of situation would often be a situation where, well, number one, does the country that you're going to allow you to take the child out of the country, and on what basis will they allow you to take the child out? So your question of if the mother is presumed to be the mother of the child, i.e. if the surrogate mother is presumed to be the legal mother, if you want to call it that way, but the legal guardian of the child, what's the status of the child from the point of view of passport, number one? So in other words, can you get the child the passport in that country? And if you can get the child the passport, obviously then with the consent of the legal guardian, the mother, you can then take the child out of the country. The second thing, of course, then is that if you can't do that, can you apply to the Irish authorities for a travel certificate? And 
that's how that's the practicalities of of how you get around mm. that scenario. Because to do that, then you have to you know you'd have to have DNA testing to prove uh, you know the genetic connection with the child. Oh, it sounds very on whatever the word is technical kind of terminology, mm. but you also have to give undertakings then to you know the Irish authorities that. Because when you come back to Ireland with the child, you've got to notify the HSE and you've got to make immediate applications to the court for your guardianship application. That that application has to be made. So there are the practicalities of it because you want to look for a declaration of parentage under the Irish legislation. So what you're looking for there is you want to legalise the position of the child as soon as the child has arrived in Ireland. One of, the, one of the interesting questions that we were asked, Fran, sorry, mm. um, was you know, can you get maternity leave um, in, in, uh, and or maternity benefits? Uh, this is one of the specific questions that we were asked. Um, if you're a commissioning parent rather than the surrogate parent, if you know what I mean, mm. um, the answer to that question is no, you can't get maternity leave and or maternity benefit, but you can get parental leave if you make an application to court and you're, you've got a declaration of parenthood. So one of those interesting... It's, it's interesting, isn't it? And obviously, from what you told me, it's not as simple as the father saying, well, listen, you know, it was artificially inseminated. It's my sperm. Therefore, yeah. it's, it's my child and I have the DNA, if necessary, um, information to prove that. It's, it's obviously not that simple either, John. Oh yeah, no. You must prove. You, there has to be DNA. There has to be a DNA connection, which you must prove and establish. I mean, again, you know, it's it's new, very much new territory, yeah. new ground in terms of, you know. I mean, it. I mean, it raises more questions than it answers. There's a lot of so ethical far. questions around it too, I presume. Well, yeah, well, ethical, which finds its finds its way into the legal questions as well because I mean you've got the whole issue of consent, you've got the whole issue of withdrawing consent, you've got the whole issue of as you as you quite rightly say, the whole issue of the contractual relationship, the whole issue of recognition within Ireland, the whole re- issue of recognition within another country. And never mind all the other issues that you have to deal with when you're talking about as a parent of a child and then the whole issue of the child and, you know, historically, you know, there are a whole raft of issues then the entitlement to the child in due course to to know who the various contributors, if that's not too crude a term to use, into the whole equation of parentage, you know. And the fact of the matter is that you've got... um, the whole service in Ukraine, for example, will doesn't allow it in, in in only allows it in married heterosexual couples who have medical evidence that they can't have children. So they will require that as proof that they're it's married heterosexual couples only and there must be medical evidence that they can't have other children. That you don't have that same um, criteria in the your the sorry, the US jurisdictions, if you don't mean. But it really comes back around to a lot of what we often say about these things is mm. that you literally have to take it step by step, check each step of the way and check the process as you go and just keep your eye on the legal you know, if there is no legal as you as you said, you know, the fact that there's no legal framework just simply means that it's not prohibited. The fact that it's not prohibited 
doesn't mean that it's legalised in well, the sense of course. Yeah. And is, is there any indication uh, that you know of, John, as to when there might be um, some some news on this in some way? And, well, and it, well, it came in in 2017, which isn't that long ago, so, you know... But that was I'm only not, a proposal, was it not? That was the bill. Oh, that was the bill, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah that was the bill. In 2005... They brought in the report, and in 2005, I mean, the, the makeup of these reports are always hugely helpful insofar as they won't just report on it and talk about it. What they will do, and usually append at the end of the report, is kind of a, a framework for legislation. So they appended a framework for legislation at the back of this, mm. and having got, I mean, it, it, it really is an amazingly a useful and helpful way of doing things if we implement them, of course. And the problem, of course, as you know, over the years, there have been many reports produced on many things with a huge amount of work done on them, and they've never been implemented. Course, now, yeah. this, is, this is there for implementation. If the will, if the political but, will is there. But I, I wonder about that will uh, and how divisive mm. this would be as as a conversation, John. I presume mm. it would be rather divisive. Well, I presume, but I mean, we've, we've got through the division of divorce and yeah. we've got through the division of same abortion. Sex marriage we've got and, the same-sex yeah. marriage. We've got through very sensitive areas and dealt with them from an international point of view in a very very modern and open way. So I don't, I don't necessarily see that this should be any different. Right. Well, my personal opinion. John, as always, extremely interesting and thank you very much for coming on with us. That's John Lynch there from Lynch Solicitors in Clonmel and today we were discussing surrogacy 1800 938 007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie